The Real Estate Sessions podcast is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising for real estate brilliantly simple. Promote your brands, promote your listings, learn more at adworks.com. That's A-D-W-E-R-X.com, adworks.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Today I'm on location in Lake Havasu City for episode 27 of the Real Estate Sessions. I've traveled out to the river to attend Evan Fuchs and Paula Montefer's relaunch event. And if you're in Arizona, it is well worth your time to find this two-day event with 12 hours of continuing ed that's just fun, educational. It's an amazing event. Check out www.relaunchwith.us. It's, it's worth it. And today, my guest is Mary Roberts. Mary is past president of the Lake Havasu Association of Realtors and the Lake Havasu Area Women's Council of Realtors chapter. She's also running for treasurer for the 2017 term uh, for the, Amer- the, I'm sorry, the Arizona Association of Realtors. It's a mouthful. She's got a lot going on, and she's here to share our stories. And Mary and I go way back. I think it's at least eight years, Mary, where we were at a new media event, a social media event, new media expo right. in Las Vegas. Blog World. Blog World, and we were heading over to an event, and you jumped in the car. I didn't had no idea who you were, but... It worked out great, right? And you still haven't gotten rid of me yet. Welcome to the podcast, Mary. Thank you. All right. So if you've listened to a few of the others, it's really this, this, the whole genesis of the real estate sessions is to figure out your genesis, where you came from. So that's the first thing I'm going to ask you. You've been here a long time. I did some digging, but I don't think you were born here. Where were you from originally? Well, I'm actually too old to have been born here since Lake Havasu's new. Uh, I was the youngest of six in Madison, Wisconsin, and anyone that knows the history of Arizona of Lake Havasu specifically, back in those the early 70s, uh, Mr. McCulloch, who founded Lake Havasu, uh, went back in the harsh winter months and chartered airplanes to get people to come out to Lake Havasu. And my, my parents uh, were one of those people on that charter, flew out here from the snow, landed here with nothing here, and my dad came back again and said, we're moving. Wow. So you're part of the original, we're going to call it Settlers. <laughs> they call us, we actually have a Facebook page, Havasu Pioneers. Wow, that's awesome. So you're, how old were you at this time? I was eight years old. Okay, so not that big a deal moving out of school, but was there was there a school here? How did that even work? It was quite a big deal because I lived on the you know west side of Madison, Wisconsin, and yeah. you know where you just had friends everywhere, moved out here, and there was about 3,000 people here. Wow. So, and that's that's where I get the Go Pack Go all the time yes. from you socially. Okay, <laughs> and I kind of get it now. So this, this city then, you've watched it actually grow up. Talk about that a little bit and maybe explain what Lake Havasu is to the people who are the only thing they know about is spring break. Right. Talk a little bit about some of Lake Havasu in general. So what, what uh, McCulloch did, and he's from McCulloch Chainsaws, uh, he and C.V. Wood, C.V. Wood helped also to design Disneyland. Mm. And they both also uh, did Fountain Hills, Arizona. They were both involved in starting Fountain Hills. He tested his, his boat motors out in Havasu on the lake, he ended up getting a uh, special irrigation and drainage district so that the Board of Supervisors would give him a license to expand the city. Um, he knew that in order, there was nothing here. In order to get people to move here and come here, he had to get an attraction. 
So he went and bought the London Bridge from England for $2.7 million, had it disassembled piece by piece, shipped over, and reassembled. What year was that? That was 1971 it opened, October 1971. Wow. And how long has the city actually been a city? Uh, 1967. Okay, gotcha. If, if anyone has been here, you see that there's a channel running under the bridge, and that's where a lot of the boats go, a lot of the partying goes on, a lot of events go on. Um, it actually was not an island first. It w was a peninsula. They built the bridge. After the bridge was built, they dug out the channel. Okay. So So now it is Lake Havasu Island, though. Yes, now it is an island. Excellent, excellent. Let's talk about spring break for a second, because I can't be in Lake Havasu without bringing it up. How, how do the locals handle that influx every spring? It's got to be good economically, maybe not so good in other ways. It's really funny, you know, the demographics of what are different, um, what where money comes from. We have a 12-month 12, 12 influx of people. We have the snowbirds in the winter. We have a lot of off-roading. Havasu is surrounded by hundreds of miles of off-roading. So the spring break is just a small portion of that. There's five weeks, and so every the, the different schools, mainly in the Midwest, I mean the Midwest and the West, they have their schedules. So when ASU is here, that's the biggest one, because a lot of the Southern California ones. Uh, most of those are going to be teenage people that come out here, the students that come out here. They all pile in cars together, come here, so they really aren't that mobile. They're down staying at the hotels right around the lake, right through the channel. And yes, if you want to see them, you're going to go down to the channel. Um, but otherwise, we really, they're not, they don't um, affect our lifestyle that much. Okay. Havasu is on a 5% incline. I live about a mile from the channel. Can you hear what's going on? I can hear, so they have what's known as Kokomos, and that's, we've had some big name, um, we had uh, Notorious B.I.G. was there. We had MTV came one year. So. When they are playing in that time period, yeah. and I, if I have my windows open, I can hear the music at noon, at midnight or one in the morning. So, but not super loud that it keeps me awake. You're young enough; that's okay. You're having fun with it. <laughs> All right. right, I like that. Uh, let's talk about you now. We've enough about Lake Havasu. Uh, every realtor I've talked to, almost every realtor, always did something before they were a realtor. Now, do you come from a family of realtors? My dad is actually. Um, my dad was was a realtor. He was actually was the board president of our association in 1991. Um, at that time, I had I was 25 when, it, when I became a realtor. Okay. So previously to that, um, my oldest two children's father and I we owned a body shop in Southern California. Okay. At that time, things weren't working out. You know how that goes. And sure. I moved back here because my family was here. My sisters' brothers, yeah. my sisters and brothers were here, and it was just a natural thing to come back. And so at the age of 24, 25, my dad just looked at me and said, you should get into real estate. You like to talk to people. I'm like, that sounds like a great idea. So I uh, went to school down in Phoenix for 45 hours at that time period, got my license wow. and came back. And actually, my brother was a general contractor and my dad was the broker of a company. And we built we built homes at that time. And I worked with my sister-in-law and uh so you learned the business from your dad. I mean, he, exactly. was your, he was your broker, and that's how you guys started exactly. the business. So um, talk about that dynamic. There's got to be great things because dads are dads. That's awesome. There's also, was your dad tough on tougher on you, you think, because? Well, I have to tell you, being more? the youngest of six and being the girl, since my brothers and sisters aren't here, I was always his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he really wasn't anyone that knows my dad. He was an awesome, awesome person. He just was very conscientious. So he wasn't hard. He's 
he was very supportive, okay. very supportive and, you know, kind of helped me get the deals going through and, you know, led me in the right direction. So, right. That's great. So being his princess, it was easy. You got whatever you wanted. Kind <laughs> well, of you, know, he, you know what? Being as my dad was a World War II vet, you know, born, you know, 1925, they did not handle hand things out. You always earn things. Got it. Yep. You know, so he didn't hand things out. He did. You know, if he had some clients, he'd, you know, pass them my way. But it was never just like, oh, you know, here, you don't have to do the work, but I'll give you the money. No, that's great. Yeah. Good, good. So I'm, I'm going to assume then that your dad's, you know, um, volunteerism, you know, with the association probably was kind of built into you as well because you've been, you know, doing lots of different things as far as uh, committees, I'm sure, early on. But now you're, you're, You've been doing so much with the local association here. You're involved at AAR level in some committees. You're also involved, I think. Have you ever been on an armless committee? No. No? Okay. So there's the one thing you haven't done yet, but some. Well, we're not part of armless, so. Yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, there you go. We are regional so we'll, MLS on the side. So who do you use? We use Wardex. Kingman Bullen Habits, who has a regional MLS. Excellent. So that's something I didn't know. I appreciate that. Right. So talk to me about why you, why you volunteer so much. Why is that so important to be involved at the association level? Well, you know, I was involved in student government in high school. My dad taught me to always give back to your industry, to be involved. I was his education chair when he was president. Um, and then I kind of got back into the business and really had to work um, to support my family. I had three young kids, so I didn't get involved a lot. I did some property management, so you didn't do a lot of the sales. So I didn't get into leadership till a little bit later. Um and, the, and let me tell you the one reason that I did. It wasn't something that I, I put off. I just wasn't asked. Hmm, interesting. So, um, Does that affect you today as a leader here in Lake Havasu? Do you ask people to get involved? You know what? <laughs> that, is, that is my number one thing is to get people involved is you have to, first of all, you have to have that, the authority knowing that you've been through the trenches, you've done that leadership, to ask the people and to recognize and say, I think you will be good at leadership. And when they're asked, they're like, really? And that's the same way I felt. I was asked um, to run for vice president of membership back in 2008 um, of our local women's chapter of uh, realtors. Mm -hmm. We were only a three-year-old chapter. And I was like, really? And I never thought I was worth anything. I never thought that I would be good at leadership. And I have to say that our women's council of realtors um, really helped to build me as a leader. Right. Because you had to do it. We're out here in the middle of nowhere. You had to do a lot on your own. Right. You had to really learn. And it just progressively, I went from WCR leadership, then into the board of directors, uh, and then um, was asked at that point then just to move forward. Yeah. So you've you've worked your way through the entire Lake Havasu Associations. Uh, I have. You've been a your past president there. Um, let's talk about, you know, kind of what's kind of in general, what's happening with the market here? Let's get like that quick little market update. Um, you know, what's happening in Lake Havasu? Are we, things are good, would you things, say? Things are good. We're, yeah. we're about at a five month uh, level of supply. Okay. Um, Lake Havasu, we have about 640 realtors. Of course, as everyone knows, not everybody does the business, the 80-20 rule. Right. Um, there's about 615 houses on the market. Okay. So about a hundred of those get sold every month. Uh, what's the population here? Population is about 53,000. Okay, excellent, right. excellent. So small town, like you said, middle of nowhere is kind of an apt description. That's not a bad thing. No. But it's in the middle of nowhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our closest town to here is, we have Parker to the south, about... 40 miles. And to the north we have... Well, we have Bullhead Laughlin, which is about 70 miles, and Kingman, which is 60 miles. Okay, and Needles, California, a little farther. 
uh, over the river. Needles is 40 miles. Okay. Here. All right. right. Good. I want to talk to you a little bit about when I first met you, we were, social media was exploding, right? right. And there were some agents who were very key about adopting it early and trying to figure out how this worked and what to do with it. And you were definitely part of that early group. And my guess is there weren't a whole bunch of you up here in, in, in Lake Havasu doing it. Right. You might have been one of the first few, right, that were kind of practicing. So to talk about how that's progressed for you. And did you see results from that right out, right away? Was it, Or was it more of just I'm trying to feel out what's going on here and find my way? You know, the funny thing is not if I see results. I st still see the results because of, you know, you knew me from those early beginnings. And I built the relationships. And we all know the um, the people in the real estate that were at the very beginning we're all a select group and we all still feel kind of part of that group. Right. Like, Oh, you're in it now, but you weren't the early adopter. So we, <laughs> we're kind of special that way. I'm a very social person and I'm very techie. So when, when Twitter came out, you know, nobody did Twitter up here. You know, I, I did it and it really helped because since nobody else was doing it, those early adopters, if they needed somebody, they saw me. Right. Was there some referral business for you in that world? And there's, there's still is to this day. Based on just how you interact with people, right. build relationships. If somebody says, "Hey, I'm thinking about a second home up in Lake Havasu," you're the you're the go-to person. I am. I am so from around the country, and it started way back then, and I've just continued to build it. Um, probably thirty percent of my business last year was from Facebook referrals. Wow. And mainly from other agents. Wow, that's great. So, that's awesome. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's once again, you don't spend a lot of time on social media. Promoting, 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 and putting postings up about things and screaming about how great you are. Do you do that? No, you know, <laughs> I don't. I'm like some smart people. I don't like Facebook business pages. I, I put my business in on my personal page. The one post that I did a couple years ago that it was a foreclosure house and they changed the pool liner and it was 120 out. I had just got a pedicure and I knew my feet were. Anyway, I thought there was a crease in the pool and I. Stepped in and in I went, you know, uh, that post, everyone knew I was in real estate because of that post, because Just I was checking on it, situation, or, right? I was checking on a house for my client right. that got the most vote, the, the most likes. Yeah. Um, I like to just put my business in there when I'm attending events, when I'm learning things, relaunch con that you'll see that hashtag and you'll see everything that we're learning in here. Right. Um, one of the nice things about being in social media and have a suit being small is, you know, we had. 500 people graduating with us. If you did the math early, I just turned 52. So a lot of our parents are starting to need to sell their homes. Yeah. So I'm getting a lot of referral business from my high school graduate class that are referring me to their parents. Yeah. So a lot of those people are still here, obviously. Right. Especially if they were the early, early, the pioneers, as you mentioned. Right. They're here for a reason. And they know I'm yeah. sincere by my Facebook posts. Right. That's perfect. Uh, talk about some of the mistakes you see agents make online. One of the biggest ones that I see in our area is marketing nonstop. You know, click here to look at foreclosure homes when it was that time, or click here to see all the pool homes in Havasu. That's all they're posting. They're not posting anything about how they're help helping their people. Their whole identity is to get that lead generation, but it's more of a of a front. It's not, I sh you know, she's doing the business. She's going to the winter fest. She's doing what she needs to do. I'm going to give her the business because she's a real person and I can relate to her. Right. So they're, they're not putting themselves into it. They're putting their business and thinking that the house is going to sell. 
themselves to people. Yeah. Whereas yeah. your personality is what's going to sell right. you to clients. Down in Phoenix, there are a group of realtors who are really into the kind of mega cold calling, you know, inside sales agents, mm -hmm. all that kind of thing, just dialing for dollars and just really some are very successful doing it. I don't know if it's for everybody. Is anybody doing that in Lake Havasu that you know of? Um, there's a couple teams, um, a couple teams that are doing um, that have really, you know, some of some of the younger ones are really have done a lot of lead generation with those systems, okay. calling expireds and right. and just doing the mega calling on it. Having some success, you think, or um, I think you know, I don't even think it's the mega calling. I think it's just that you know, really refining your lead generation and the follow up, right. and that's what that's what they're getting into. They're not just using the cold calling. Um, system they're using a whole bunch together and then just wanting to dial in and make sure that you're touching those people and right. you're getting the business it's funny because we all know each other and I can out of 640 agents I probably can recognize every single one of them wow. and we don't have a we're competitive because it is our business right. but we have a really close-knit community we do a uh, every year for 23 years we do realtor olympics Last year, we raised almost 40000 to give back to our charities. Wow. Um, we have events like bowling and um, bingo, bunko, and we all get together and opening it up to the community and have these events, you know, collect money for that and give back. So the realtors are very active in our, in so our got, city. You're with a great board here. It right. really gets it. So, yeah, that's who's your AE here, by the way? Laura Tarrin is our AE. She's been here about seven years. Okay. So she, obviously she's a big supporter of all these. She's things a big supporter. Um, we are involved greatly at the state level mm -hmm. um, ever since she started coming. And a few of us have moved in from the WCR side of it that we were involved on the state level and moved into the local leadership. It just transcended and got me involved in the AAR leadership. Right. So you'll be at conference in March. I yeah, will. Yeah, haven't, Arizona missed it for the, <laughs> haven't missed it for the past 10 years, yeah, the spring convention for yeah. the Arizona Association of Realtors. Perfect. Uh, looking back at your past, you know, the last you've been in business 26, 27 years, but the last 20, you've you've always been with a, a big brokerage, right? You there's a there's a Coldwell Banker in your history. Coldwell Banker. There's Keller Williams in right. your past. You're currently with Realty Executives. So did was there something that drew you to those big brokerages or was it people? What was what what how'd that work out? Uh, it's never and until you brought that up to me, I never thought of it that way. It's always just about the relationships, the same as I brought back to you as working with clients. It's the relationships you build. It's a relationship. When I first went to Coldwell Banker, it was for the job. Um, moving over to Keller Williams when they were new, it's the relationship that people reached out to me. Last year, just because of my personal, what I, how I wanted to grow, I felt it necessary to move. And I didn't look at the business. I looked at what relationships I had and who I thought would help me most help grow my business even right. more or at least bring it back to the level that I'm accustomed to. So I didn't look at that realty executives and what they had to offer as again, I'm very techy, so I can do a lot of the things on my own. I didn't need the systems that they brought. Right. I just needed to have that place where I wanted to go every day, hang my cap, be able to do my business. Yeah. It's, it's the people you work with sometimes right. that lift you up and it's all, it's all part of right. that. I get that. Now I'm sure part of that decision was the fact that Gunner, your son, and anyone who follows Mary on social media, you know, I'll share this quick story. I'd never met Gunner, although I know him very well. <laughs> and he's Facebook famous. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what he said. I, I walked up and go, Gunner, Bill Risser, I've never met you. He goes, I know, I'm Facebook famous. <laughs> That's exactly what, and I, you know, he's a great kid. 
So talk about uh, bringing him into the fold and, and now third generation realtor, right. right? And how that's been. Well, he's the youngest of three. He just turned 19 last July. And I really wish I would have known that he might have got into the business because I could have used a lot of slave, more slave labor in high school. Because, <laughs> right. You know, I, I would have used him and, you know, got him more experience. But it was really exciting when he wanted to do this. Um, he was very close with my father. So I'm sure my dad's looking down and um, happy about this. Uh, he's got a great personality. And, uh, you know, everyone knows what, what makes a good realtor and everybody can have different personalities. Um, but you have to be willing to talk to a lot of people. And uh, that's one of the things that he's very good about. I have uh, been enjoying, he got licensed last June and he's already on his first AAR committee, which is amazing. Nice. I'm like, how'd you do that so fast? And now he's already biding his time to when he can run for the board of directors here. So he's got that in his future. But um, it's been exciting to teach him, uh, to uh, give him the opportunity and to see we just had Evans and Paul's class went over the different generations. Right. And I think it was very interesting for him to see mine and to meet, see his. And uh, so you're, kind, you're kind of on the cusp between right. boomers and Xers, right? right? You're like right on the cusp. Well, he's, you, yeah. He's you one, are. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. yeah. But he's a Y. He's right. way down there. Yeah, yeah, he's way down there. But um, what's nice, what the nice thing that I found about it is uh, going with clients, working with clients now that he's off to the side with every male client. And they're talking about, because he's a big motorcycle rate driver and, you know, he's always working in the garage. And he can have conversations about motorcycles and cars that we see at places that I had no clue about. Right, right. So it it brought that next level into the business. And well, I think it's going to be a perfect relationship the, the, to, to have you with all of your knowledge and experience to have him who speaks the language of the, the next wave of home buyers. That's really setting up a great little team for success as you right. keep going down the road. That's right. great. Yeah, I love that. Mary, I end every podcast with the with the same question. Uh, if you had one piece of advice you could give to a new agent, what would it be? My biggest advice for them is to call your sphere and don't think of, don't limit yourself. You know, if you're young, what, no matter what age it is, think of people that you know, maybe your teachers, uh, who you go to, who you went to school with, maybe their parents need to sell. Mary, if someone wants to get a hold of you up here in Lake Havasu, what's the best way? Well, depending on what you're comfortable with, you can call, you can text me. My phone number is 928-486-3570. Or give me an email at maryrobertshavasu at gmail.com. Or simply go to my Facebook page, send me a message. See a lot more Facebook messages coming through rather than text messages now. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just amazing how we got all these options now to talk. Right, so. right. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really appreciate you sitting here with me. We're at lunch, actually, and the event's going to get rolling soon, so we got to head back. So thanks, Mary. Thanks, Bill. Hope to another good eight years. <laughs> and, then, and thanks to all the listeners for checking us out each week. We, we will be back with another episode next Tuesday and every Tuesday. Until then, keep writing your own story. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.